Holy Spirit. Revelations through the Holy Spirit. Ah, Ramakasata, Randova City, Randova Sata Babanda, Ikabasuteli Madoka. Oh, church, can we pray for a while? Can we pray for a while? Just ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Wisdom for your life. Wisdom for what to do. 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 How to do it. How to do it. Even when to do it. When to do what you need to do. Ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Wisdom is profitable. Profitable to direct you. Profitable to direct you. Profitable to direct you in the things of God. Profitable to direct you in your prayer life. Profitable to direct you in which book to read. Profitable to direct you in which book to read. Wisdom is profitable. Pray for it. Pray for it. Let's ask God that in this conference, we shall not be devoid of wisdom. Wisdom through the books will come onto our lives, will affect our lives, will influence our lives, will influence our lives. Pray for it. Pray for it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If, if, if anyone lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him ask of God. Lord, we are asking for wisdom. We are asking for wisdom because we lack it. We lack it. We don't have it yet. We don't know it yet. We are not working in it yet. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Grant us your wisdom, heavenly wisdom. Wisdom by the Holy Spirit. Suddenly, may we know what to do. May we know what to do. May we know how to come out of obscurity in the name of Jesus. May we know how to come up out of nothing, out of nothing, out of the valley of despair and confusion. May we know what to do. May we know what to do. May we know what to do. May we know what to do to advance your work, to move your work forward, oh God. It is your work. We didn't call ourselves. You chose us. You called us. Therefore, give us your wisdom. Your wisdom to do your work. Your wisdom to accomplish your work. Your wisdom to move faster and to move quickly. Let the wisdom of God available in this conference uh, not be in vain. May we catch the wisdom. May we get the wisdom. May we receive the wisdom and the very instructions in our lives. In the name of Jesus, 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 help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us through your spirit, 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 for wisdom is profitable, wisdom is profitable, it is profitable to direct us, it is profitable to take us to where we must go. It is profitable for us to succeed. Let the wisdom of God through the books, through the teachings, through the preachings be revealed in us. Let it come out. 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 In the name of Jesus. Let it come out so clearly. Oh, let it come out so clearly. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let your light so shine. Let it so shine miss today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus may we overcome every darkness every darkness by the truth of your light in the mighty name of Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus hallelujah hallelujah the Bible says wisdom is profitable it is profitable it's as we are praying about it you you think that it is nothing but it is very important Wisdom is profitable. What to do, how to do it, and even when to do it, it is profitable. In other words, at the end of the day, you will gain. We will gain. Oh, I thought I was going to hear amen. amen. You don't like gains. You want to lose. Say, I don't want to lose. I want to gain. Hallelujah. It is wisdom. It is wisdom. And wisdom is working here. Wisdom is being revealed in our midst. That is why we are praying that our eyes shall be open. Our ears shall be open to see what we need to see. 
and to even put down what we need to do in this conference. Hallelujah. Is there anybody you want profit? You really want profit. You really, really, really want profit. Hallelujah. You want it now. And in this conference, so shall it be according to your faith. Believe it all. Believe it. It might not be a conference in a stadium. Do you understand? Some conference in a stadium and very packed and all that, but wisdom is here. Hallelujah. If you believe in God, wisdom is here. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. If you believe in God, his wisdom is available. It is the books here full of wisdom. The ministrations going on here is full of wisdom. If you believe, like Jesus said, you will see the glory of the Lord. You will see the glory of the Lord. You will see the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands and just bless God for the wisdom that is available here? Just bless God. Just bless God for a moment. Thank God for the wisdom that is available here. Your thanking God means that you believe it. Your blessing God means that you are ready for it. Just thank God for the wisdom that is here. Wisdom that is in this conference. Wisdom that is about to be revealed and wisdom that is about to be manifested in our lives and in our, in our ministries today. Just thank God. Just thank God, everybody. Just, just give God some praise. Thank God. Thank God for the wisdom. Thank God for the wisdom. Worship him and give him glory. Worship him and give him glory. Worship him and give him glory. 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 Can we lift our two hands in a moment? Close your eyes. Just, just worship the Lord if you can, wherever you are. Just worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord. Lord, we worship you. We bless you. We honor you. We bless you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you glory. Just, just worship the Lord. Worship the Lord in a moment. Let it go. Let it go out of you. Let it go out of you. Let it go out of you. Lord, we worship you. We honor you. Holy Spirit, we honor you. We honor you here. We honor you. We give you the rightful place here. We exalt your name, Jesus. 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 We honor you, Lord. 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 Just, just, just pray. Just worship him. Just worship the Lord. Worship the Lord in your own way. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. We honor you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise, Lamb of God. We give you praise, Lamb of God. We give you praise, Lamb of God. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt you. We exalt your name. We exalt your name. Do we have believers here who wants to worship the Lord for a moment? Just, just lift up adoration to the Lord. We give you praise. 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 We worship your majesty. We honor you, Lord. In this place, we honor you. We exalt you above all, above all, above all, above all, above all, above all our circumstances, above all our failures and our weaknesses. You alone are highly exalted. You alone are highly exalted. You alone are highly exalted. Highly exalted, highly exalted. Highly exalted, highly exalted, highly exalted, highly exalted, highly exalted, highly exalted, highly exalted. Somebody just exalt him, exalt him, exalt him, exalt him, exalt him. Praise and worship, just come over. Exalt him, exalt him, exalt him. You are highly exalted in this place, in this place, in this place. You are highly exalted. You are highly exalted in this place. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. 
Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Keyboard, just play. Don't kill the atmosphere. Play. Blessed be your name. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Let us continue to worship the Lord.
seated. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord for this evening and making it possible. And it's a loyalty conference. It's not a convention. So we will tackle issues of loyalty and issues related to loyalty. So if you have your Bible, this morning I explain that in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus called Peter Satan, the reason he gave was not because Peter was stealing people's things and it was not because Peter was collecting offering and using it for something else, but it was because Peter's concern was not the things and the interest of God but the interest of man. So if Peter's concern was the interest of man and Jesus called him Satan, then it means that if your concern if your concern relates to the interest of man, do you get it? And not the interest of God then you are Satan. I mean, that's, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. It's the Bible that is saying that Jesus called him Satan. He didn't say generally. He said unto Peter. Somebody that he had earlier on said that God has spoken with him is calling him a few verses later, Satan. Do you get it? And explaining that he's an offense to him. He's an offense to him. And the reason why he's an offense to him is that unlike he, Jesus, who was looking at the interest of God, and it was in the interest of God for him to die, no matter how much suffering he, Jesus, was going to experience, as long as it advanced the interest of God, that was his goal. And Peter was bringing another agenda and another suggestion that it's not too wise to only think of God. You need to think of yourself. And you need to think of the people that have given up their lives to follow you. You know, you need to think of the people that have left all their fishing career, their other careers, their tax collection career, before you start thinking of going to die unnecessarily. Do you get it? You need to think about us. That you know that since we started following you, we don't have any income from anywhere. We have nothing from anywhere. We have left all and followed you. So before you do anything, think twice. And Jesus said, because of this way of thinking, you are Satan to me. In other words, you are an opposer of God's interest by considering man's interest. And therefore, if you also are a man or a human being and you place your interest above the interest of God, I'm afraid it may explain why your prayers are not answered. Because God never answers Satan's prayers. Because the Bible tells us that God never hears sinners. And Satan is a sinner. I don't know if, if he's making sense to you. So this should make you rethink of your, your life and what is number one on your agenda is it God's interest or your interest you see some of us our interest is so much on the agenda that we are not willing to do anything for God's interest to even show up that is why we are making no effort to put away our bad characters 
mean, because, I mean, everybody can defend their character. And if you don't like me, just take me like that. If you don't like me, go. This is me. Isn't it? I mean, it takes another person's interest for you to make changes to yourself. Because everybody likes themselves. Hmm? Everybody likes themselves. I like me the way I am. And I say things the way they are. When it's your turn to say, say it the way you want to say it. Do you get it? So I like me the way I am. But if I have to change the way I am, then somebody's interest is now coming into play. In other words, if I have to learn to speak softly, then it's like other people's way of saying things is now coming into my life. Because I have to now consider them. But if I'm considering myself, the way I say it is the way I want to say it. Are you with me? So when you, when you are not considering any changes at all since you got saved, since you got saved, whatever your body was doing, it's like, listen, Jesus, when you met me, this is me. I fornicate about four times a week. And I mean, listen, you, I didn't ask you to come and save me. You said you wanted to save me and you saved me. So me, I'm still doing my usual business. My body was enjoying all the comfort I could afford it. Me, when I sleep, I sleep. I don't wake up to pray. Do you get it? And I didn't ask you to save me. You saved me. So I'm not going to wake up to pray. This morning prayer thing is not my cup of coffee or my cup of tea. Are you getting what I'm saying? You see, so all these things, as, as Christians, when God's interest is not our interest, and our interest is what is on top of the agenda. When God looks at us, he doesn't see a people that really are on his side. And that's why we have been prayed for for so long and nothing is happening. Because if God's interest is not your interest, why should he, after saving you, even bother to spend on you? Is that not what Jesus told the disciples? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. He said, I'm not saying anything. Why are you looking at me as if I'm trying to preach something that is not in the Bible? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Oh, you, are, you want me to make your interest my interest? No. God's interest is my interest. So seek ye first the kingdom of God. What does it mean to you to seek first the kingdom of God? For, for some of you, all it means is just to start reading your Bible and give up that boyfriend that you have been fornicating with. Some of you, the boy doesn't even look, look for you. You go to look for the boy. Even when the boy is saying no, you want it. You think I don't know you? I know you. I, I know you. I know things. I know things. Because you are not interested at all. God's interest doesn't mean anything to you. And Jesus described that as being Satan. Where God's interest doesn't come above your interest. Yes. And you see, as he was preaching, as he was speaking, then he explained the reason why man's interest will be your interest. He, 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 he exposed the trap. When the next verse, he said, if anyone will come after me. Please, let's go. 25. Is the thing frozen? Oh, I said something that I offended you. Okay. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, 
You see, Jesus, after seeing how Peter was trapped, began to expose the areas that needs attention for, for you not to be Satan. He's, Jesus is explaining, I'm not the one saying anything. He said, then said Jesus, you see, from, from, from what he heard Peter say, and seeing the trap which Peter has fallen into, and that is Peter wants to make men's interest, including him, Peter's interest, because it was in the interest of Peter for Jesus to be alive. Because he was a big man. Yeah, because if your prophet anointed server doing miracles and sending you to go and do miracles, it's like, listen, when you were a fisherman, nobody knew you. But now, you are, you are, you are, you are called a papa. <laughs> do you get it? So why should your prophet die? He shouldn't die now. So any idea about dying is a bad idea. But you see, it's a bad idea from man's perspective. But not from God's perspective. Because by his death, he will be granted access to the place of operation. The real place from where captives will be set free. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You see, by his sacrifice, he will gain access to the real place where the fight must take place. And so Jesus explains to them that if any man will come after me, that person must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So when your Christian life has no self-denial, but it's free, you only do what you want to do. Don't, don't, don't think that, listen, listen to me. Don't think that those of us who are pastors our self doesn't feel the things that yourself feels. Don't think that like because we are pastors, God has given us an iron feeling, an iron body. So that it doesn't feel, it doesn't see what you see. Do you get it? But, but we, you see, the only difference between us and you is that we have taken on the journey of self-denial and the carrying of our cross. So when the thoughts occur, then we crucify it on the cross. When the feelings come, we say we are satisfying no feeling. But you always are explaining why everything that your body says it wants to do must be done. Because your mind is working on your interest and not on the interest of God. And you see, by this behavior, you will be judged as unfaithful to God because God is depending on you. Yeah. God is depending on you in case you are not aware of, of that fact. God is depending on you. Maybe we don't say it a lot, but God is depending on you. Because if Jesus is the head and the church is the body and you are the church, you and me are part of the church building, then what can the head do without a body? Have you seen a head on its own walking around and saying that I, me, I don't want, I just want to manage my own affair because this body is disappointing me. What is the use of a head without a body? And what is the use of a body without a head? Because if, if Christ is the head of the church and the church is the body of Christ, then the head needs the body to display its skills, its wisdom, its ability, its greatness. And the body needs the head to be empowered to do the things that must be done. So if you are part of the body and you are refusing to function the way you ought to function, you are disloyal. You have not seen loyalty in this way, isn't it? Yeah. Because God by his spirit has saved you to be part of God's body. I mean, Christ's body, which is the church. I'm coming to read scriptures for you. You wait. All of it is in the Bible. So as you are sleeping, 
always sleeping. No prayer. You are like a, a hand that is refusing to exercise so that it gains the ability to hold things strongly. Because you are refusing to do what you must do. Because you don't, your, your interest is you. Your interest is you and not the interest of God. Hallelujah. So let us really rise up to be disloyal. That is why a book like Sacrifice. What is the book? Sacrifice, losing, suffering. You see, a book like this, is, it will help you. You need to read it over and over and over and over. Because unless you are willing, you see, that is the conditional. The condition to follow Jesus is if anyone would come after me. And the body always goes where the head is going. I'm yet to see a, a body that is going a place different from where the head is going. So if you are the body of Christ, then you must be after Christ. And Christ says that what will qualify you to be able to be after me, to come after me, is to deny yourself. Deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow. We will deny ourselves of nothing. And that is why you would also not experience the provisions of your life. Yeah. You see, we have been, most pastors are lying to their congregation members. When they say, I see God blessing you. I see God lifting you up. I, look, there are certain provisions. If you don't get to where the provisions are, you will never experience it, no matter who says it. I said, there are certain provisions of God for your life. It is only when you are where you ought to be that you would experience it. If you never be where you ought to be, you will never see it, no matter how much you pray. Yeah. How can your father, who is able to pay university school fees for you, pay university school fees if you never qualify to enter university? How, how would he pay the university fees? You see, he has... He may have made provision to cater for your fees so that you don't have to be crying and toitoing for Nesfas. Is it Nefas or Nesfas? Nesfas. Okay. I've always not been able to pronounce it. Nesfas. Yeah, I mean, you are busy chanting and things. You see, but meanwhile, you in particular, your father has decided that your school fees will be paid. So by the time you finish your, your degree, you owe nobody. But you will never experience this provision that he has made. Because you never even passed the matric in the first place. You see, recently I, rec I realized that my children were enjoying certain provisions. And I myself didn't enjoy it as an university student, but they are having it. And the Lord told me that they are having it because they work for it. Yeah, they work for it because to be where they are in university, they have to stay up nights studying. I didn't have to fight them to study. They themselves sat to study. You see them in the night when you come home at 2 a.m., they are not asleep, they are studying. And of course, if they never went to university, those provisions will not be there. They will be in the house. They will be eating from the, the food cooked in the house and using the fridge that we use in the house. Yeah, they will, they will just be in the house and I will be making them to do their work in the house. But you see, because they worked and are, were able to go to university, they are experiencing parental provisions for their lives. Yeah, they are experiencing parental provisions. Then as I was, it was almost like, ah, these children are enjoying what I never got. Then the Lord told me, 
don't, it, they work for it. I said, Lord, how did they work for it? Then the Lord said, they started to be where they are. They didn't sleep. They didn't play games. They gave themselves to what they had to do. That was their sacrifice. They denied the pleasure of sleeping and the pleasure of watching movies and other things so that they could be where the provision has been made for. Are you, are you, are you getting me? Now, what is it that God has provided for your life? What heavy anointing that God has provided, what miracle healing power God wants to release through your life that you are not willing to pay the price to be where the anointing will begin to flow. And you are busy just being kissed and sucking people's breasts and squeezing their breasts. I mean, for a foolish thing, for a foolish thing, as a breast and a vagina, you are trading real power, real ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Look, I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm explaining to you how Satan is this taking away from you that for which your salvation has brought. You see, by being saved, listen, by being saved and having Jesus Christ as your master and God as your father, you have behind you heavy amount of power. A heavy amount of wisdom. Everything in its highest quantities behind you. But you see, it doesn't just get released because you are on the side of the law. You have to be at certain places and certain positions. That is when you receive it. And this is what Satan was depriving Peter because Peter's life was to be a wealth changer. Peter's life was to be a propagator of a fire that can never be quenched. But Satan was making him consider his interest. Because if Jesus had not gone to the cross, the Holy Spirit that came upon Peter for him to preach and 3,000 people give their life to Christ would never have manifested in his life. And the same thing that happened to Peter before Jesus spoke to him is happening to a lot of us. That is why, you see, the more you read these books, the better or the, will, the ready you will be to give up. You see, what most of us know this principle and we apply it in the opposite way. The reason why our sexual appetite and things is not quenched and is always on the high is because all around us, we open our ears and our eyes to sexual things. So our appetite is never low. It's almost like B complex. We are always being given vitamin B complex and making us wanting and wanting and wanting. Yeah. Because you are watching a movie where in the middle of a movie, then they start doing things and Satan will tell you, you could also do it like this. So that's what is happening to us. So it's like we are being, the appetite is constantly being fed. In the same way, you see, the reason why none, most of us are not doing what we need to do to be where we ought to be is because we are not exposing ourselves to the things that will stir up in us a spiritual desire. You will not spend time to read a book that talks about the blessing of sacrifice. That talks about the power that is released. If you were to give up something small, you will not. So why would you be tempted or why would you even want to give up something? And then Sunday after Sunday, we go to church 
and we hear how God is going to bless us. How God, you see, do we do? If God is our father, that, do you need your mother to be saying your father is going to look after you? Your mother is going to look. Your father is going to look for your father to look after you. You think my children are always hearing from their mother? That is going to look after you. That is going to look after you. No, they know that if he's daddy and the daddy that we know, he will look after us. So you don't. You see, they don't need to be told. That daddy is going to look after. They need to be told what will, what what they what they should do to make daddy be pleased with them. And once they do things that pleases daddy, they don't need to pray for provisions to come into their lives. Second Timothy chapter two. Second Timothy chapter two. I'm going to explain what I'm saying to you. And I'm showing you the way into it. Because, you see, most of you, your lives here, your lives here on earth can accomplish things that are eternal. Can accomplish great things if you will start some small sacrifice. Some small decision that you will make that I'm going to go out for the Lord. I'm going to be loyal to God and to my Savior. Small decision that we will make. You will see how it will translate into great things in the years to come. Small decision. I said small decision. Hallelujah. Because who told me or who would have imagined that me, I can, I can be a church? No, 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 no. If you told me this, some 20 something years ago, I'll say you are a joker. It's like how? Me. No, 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 no. No. But you see, the small sacrifice and the small exposure, the small change of environment to an environment that allows for such things, it's all I needed. It's all I needed. Verse 20. But in a great heart, but in a great heart, you see, if Jesus said, John the Baptist, of those born among women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. And yet he said, but in the kingdom of God, the least, the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist, then it means that in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is a great house. Say, but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, some to honor and some to dishonor. Then it goes on to say the next verse. If a man Therefore, purge himself from these things. If a man, therefore, if a man, don't say I'm not a man. It's referring a man as in human being. Not a man as in somebody with, I mean, a stick and a bell. You get it, but a man as in human being. If a man therefore purge himself from these, from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Please, can we get it in another version? And let's start from the verse 20. See, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And you see, the more you read certain books, the more you are stirred up to do what will bring about the purging. The more you read certain books, the more light is brought to expose the devil's works in your life. Your non-reading of certain books 
and you're not doing your quiet time and prayer is the reason why Satan is growing fat in your life. And it's all because you keep on saying, I'm tired. I'm tired. Every time you are tired. Meanwhile, when it comes to sexual activity, it doesn't matter where, where you have been and what you have been doing. If you feel I'm speaking to you, just look straight. And you can give me a straight face. I know that I'm talking to you, so I also, your straight face will not scare me. Just make a straight face. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver bowls, but also those of wood and earthware, some for special use, some for ordinary. So, if anyone purifies himself of these things, he will be a special instrument, set apart, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. It's almost like saying that when you, when you purge yourself from the things that you ought to purge yourself, your salvation will be profitable to your Savior. Some of you, out of love, God has saved you, but it's like that's all he could get from you. He, he, he can't get to, he, he, he can't find you useful. Because you are not willing to do anything. Everything that you are being encouraged to do, you have an explanation why you, you in particular cannot do it. No matter what effort is made to help you to do it, you, you come with... You, seven wise men cannot overcome your excuses. Come, let us teach you what it means to be born again and teach you about salvation and you won't come. Come, let's do nivel. You won't come. Come for prayer. You won't come for anything. And even when we manage to get you on Sunday morning to mark register, half of the time you are on your phone and you are on Facebook. So even what we are saying is not going. You are like a, 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 a pavement or a stony ground where all the seeds we are sowing is falling on, on by the wayside and the demons are eating it. And, and, and you see, these also, such people, when they stay in the church long, they begin to think that because they have been in the church long, they know something. And they have a voice. So everything you do, they have a comment to make. And their presence never allows you as a pastor to lead people who are willing. You are like the Pharisees. You think you know God and you think, yeah, you, do you know how long I've been in this church? Me, these things we've been doing, it. When, when, when did you come? Meanwhile, you would not do what is needed to, for this church to be a blessing to the unsaved community. We say we are doing Basenta. You say, ah, yeah, last time they say it's cell. Today they say Basenta. The next time they say Basanta. They say Batenta. What is this ta-ta-ta-ta thing? Meanwhile, meanwhile, you are not doing what you have to do. I said, you are not doing what you have to do. And God is bringing in new people who are willing and who will do what you should have done. And that one too, you are not allowing them to do by your comments. Hallelujah. Listen, let us be careful. Hallelujah. Thank you. Please be seated. 
let us be careful that we are not found wanting by God. I said, let us be careful that we are not found wanting by God. Because you see, when we don't sacrifice so that we can keep moving and keep growing and keep having better understanding and spiritually seeing things in a fast way, what happens is that we become very ripe for Satan to use to destroy the church. It was said of Judas. You see, Judas had been around, but he was not, his heart was not open to receive what he ought to receive. So when the woman with the alabaster bus came to pour the oil on Jesus, the Bible said, and Judas said, this thing could have been sold and the money given to the poor. But the Bible went on to add that he said that not because he loved the poor. For he was a thief. And he realized that the coffers is drying up. Because if there's only two runs left or 200 left, when you steal, they will see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you steal, they'll see. But when there's a lot, they won't know whether uh, the thing is 4,000 runs and you've just taken 200. So was it 3,000? Maybe I've used that. But when it's small and you steal, so you see, somebody who should have been really seeing things in a better way because he didn't receive what he ought to receive to grow. Now he had become an accuser and a complainer in the midst of the brethren. It is no wonder Satan told him, listen, this Jesus, he has enough power. You can go and double cross these Pharisees. They pay you. You get your 30 pieces of silver. Do you get it? And when they come and catch him, he will free himself because the guy has power. And you would have gotten 30 pieces of silver for free. But it backfired. When it backfired, the Bible says he came and said, I have, re- I have betrayed an innocent man. Because he realized that his plan has backfired. And Judas didn't repent. He regretted. There's a difference between regret and repentance. Because his plan backfired. But you see, it's because he didn't do what he ought to do. And started doing wrong things. And many of us, that's how we are. We are in the church. Born again, five years, six years. We don't spend time to grow spiritually. And then from within, Satan employs us to destroy the church. But you see, be careful. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. You see, most preachers have used this scripture to refer to you, the individual. But this scripture was not referring to the individual. It's not the individual as the sanctuary. It's the collective, all of us together. Because Paul was addressing the issue of, you are saying I am of Paul and I'm of of Apollos. Are we not all servants of God for you? So he was talking about the church as a whole. Then he says, know ye not that you all together are the temple of God. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Not you as the individual. Not you as the individual. You as a collective people. That when we gather, the spirit of God is, wherever we are, the spirit of God is present with us. And then he goes on to say, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which ye are. This scripture is not talking about you as the individual. If you like, give another version. It will explain what I'm saying. No one should deceive himself. If anyone... Oh, why have you gone far? 16, 16. Don't you know that you are God's sanctuary and that the spirit of God lives in you? If anyone rules God's sanctuary, for God's sanctuary is holy and that is what you are. 
It doesn't even say it well. Verse 17. If anyone rules God, God centrally, God will rule him. For God is holy and that is what you are. In other words, if you get other versions, it will explain it better for you. Because Paul was not talking about the individual. He was not talking about the individual. He was talking about the church as a body. Come again. Do you have another version? Read it, read it. Surely you know that you are God's Surely you know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys God's temple. For God's temple is holy and you yourselves are his temple. Not his temples, his temple. Together. Now, you see, most people don't understand this. They do things to destroy the church. It's like it makes it so difficult. And then when you finish, you go and pray to God that he should bless you. How can, how can the one whose body you are destroying bless you? And the Bible says that God himself, not Satan, God himself will destroy you. And that was the warning Eli gave to his children. That what you are doing, you are not doing it against man by sleeping with the women and taking the meat before it has been offered to God. You are dealing with God. And be careful because if a man has a problem with another man, there is a judge to solve. But if a man has a problem with God, who can stand for you? But you see, most of us, we don't, we don't heed to these warnings. And what happens is that Satan employs us to destroy the church. Because like the first color, you see, the church cannot be destroyed from outside. It is from the inside that it can be destroyed. So as we are in the church, let us be in the church properly. Number one, let us be found to be faithful, to grow in our walk with God. So that he can use us to propagate what he has intended for our lives. The good works that we were saved to walk in. So that we can walk in it. Let us not be found unfaithful. I said, let us not, because you say, for by grace are you saved, isn't it? And not of ourselves, it's the gift of God. And it tells us, we are the workmanship of Christ, we are the workmanship of God, created in Christ, that we should, we should walk in the good works. Verse 10 of Ephesians 2, Ephesians 2, verse 10, say that God has ordained that there are good works that are waiting for your life. Your failure to walk in them is a disloyal behavior. Because somebody is waiting or should have been saved if you were growing the way you ought to grow. If you were doing your quiet time the way you ought to grow. By Bishop Saki's faithfulness in growing and preaching the gospel, my wife joined the church and my wife brought me to the church and it was in this church that when I came, I understood what it means to be a Christian. When Bishop was preaching seven great principles, he was on principle number four. After you are saved, your mind is still the same. It must be renewed. I remember it so well. That was the first day I went to the church in August 1990. And from that time, I said, ah, this pastor, when he preaches, I understand. And I know what to do. So immediately, I was revived as a Christian and gave myself. You see, by somebody's faithfulness to God, it's like you save one person. And he will be faithful to grow and to walk in obedience to your word and to grow in the spirit and the power that you have earmarked for his life. Today, I am here. What about you? I said, what about you? You are busy fornicating and doing all that. It's shame on you. But you are changing in Jesus' name. I said, you are changing. Hallelujah. Let us stand to our feet as we get ready to receive.